The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with Caller Interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Today's show is recorded in front of a live studio audience on Zoom. We recorded it yesterday and we had to change the title because I spaced out, I didn't record it. So today's show is dedicated to you, the spacey, the, the people, who have at times found themselves brain fogged, their minds going in lots of different directions, confused, not necessarily paying attention. Have you ever been distracted by other people's problems at school, at work? Have you ever made mistakes in front of, oh, I don't know, a boss, a teacher, other people? missteps, missed whole parts of an assignment because you were focused on the problems with people in front of you, behind you, distracted by a shiny object. If you've ever had problems with distractibility, today is your day because we're going to discuss how to survive and to thrive in a rational world with a spacey intuitive mind. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa on mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. In today's world, it's very common for people to say they have this kind of ADHD mind. They wanna go on Ritalin. It may occur at midlife when they are going through the quote change. It may be when they're going through a divorce, when they are their kids are leaving the house when they feel bombarded with a lot of problems. Whatever it is, maybe this is you. You find that you're losing your keys. You find out you think you're losing your mind. People will keep saying, Earth, Earth to Mary, Earth to Mary, Earth to Maurice, Earth to Maurice, come in. You're a space cadet. I'm going to teach you mind, body, and medical intuitive solutions to unearthing the intuitive ability behind the brain fog, the distractibility, but also help you remember and succeed in a rational, practical world. You're taking your calls during the show for a mini, free mini reading 
or question or comment, criticism, suggestion, maybe good comments, compliments even, 207-846-6475, 207-846-6475. And maybe you're shy, you want a private reading, call me or email me, whatever you do, send up some smoke, smoke signs, either go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com, or 207-846-6475. Subscribe to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please remember this forum is educational only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give a diagnosis, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. If you are in an emergency, go to the nearest emergency room. So what is attention? What is intuitive distractibility? And how do we fix it? I'm going to give you 10 steps to understand how your attention may be veering off to the side, how your intuition may come out of it, and how you can function in the world. So the first thing we do when we notice is divided attention. Most of the forms of attention we have are in the right brain. And the right brain is important for space, is important for intuition. Thus, it makes sense why when people can't pay attention, we call them space cadets, because the same area in the brain for attention and intuition is space, the final frontier. So now, next time someone says to you, I don't believe in intuition, that's some kind of hookah poka, tell them, no, this is brain science. I heard someone who works in medical intuition who actually is a brain scientist. She has an MD and a PhD. So the area in the brain, the right brain, is important for attention. It divides attention between what's going on outside of you, maybe on the blackboard, what your boss is saying, with what's going on inside of you. Divided emotional attention, but we all know that. When someone's saying to you, you know, I was thinking about the temples of Escapulus or the temples of Mesopotamia. I was thinking about that set of uh, iPads they had on sale at Walmart. You're looking at your cell phone, at your email, or you're looking at Instagram or Facebook. So you're dividing attention between outside of you, what they're saying, yabba, 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 with what's going on on your Instagram feed or your Twitter or whatever thing you watch, TikTok, NickTok, I don't know any of the doc talks. Suffice it to say, some people are really good at that. However, you're assuming that you're only dividing attention between the person talking in front of you and Instagram, the person in front of, talking in front of you or Twitter or TikTok or whatever. Suffice it to say, you may not be aware that we were doing this before we had social media. We had another kind of social media and that was intuition. You didn't even realize you were online, but you were. Everybody's complaining these days because they think social media 
has disrupted relationships and intimacy. What they don't realize is people were already intuitively online anyway. They just weren't using technology on a cell phone, an iPad, or something that used a silicon chip. The chip was in your brain. It too worked on electromagnetic waves. However, intuitively, we divide attention between what's going on outside of us with what somebody's saying, but what's going on inside of our mind? Where is your mind going? So maybe you were in school and you quote, daydreamed. You started looking outside the window and your mind went elsewhere. Where did your mind go? You may not have followed it anywhere, but it went somewhere. The word daydreaming is actually related to intuition. Because at night when we dream, the area in our brain that's related to intuition, the temporal lobe, has micro seizures. And when we dream, we get access to information solutions that we can use during the day. Most of the intuitive savants, amazing intuitive saints, professional intuitives have epilepsy in just that area, the area that you have micro seizures on at night when you dream. So you understand the concept of daydreaming when you are distractible is similar to dreaming at night, which is in many ways a way of accessing some kind of inner information that pulls you away from outer information, divided attention. And though it may at times make it hard for you to master things in the rational outer world, if you learned how to utilize that form of, where did your mind go then? What were you seeing clairvoyantly? What were you hearing clairaudiently? What were you feeling during that time? You may be able to hone in on your intuition. Number two. Emotions. If you are extremely, extremely, extremely upset, your right brain is going to be so primed with your feelings inside of you, it's going to be very hard for you to pay attention outside of you. Intuition very much uses emotion, but it's not just your emotion. It's the emotions and pain and suffering of those around you. I teach intuition every year. I have this annual summer camp of sorts. I don't call it the serious institute to teach professionals and intuitive sciences. I call it summer camp because people think summer camp, you learn things easier. They come in shorts, they come in flip-flops and you learn how to do intuition. But over the week, as the week goes on, people experience strong emotion and strong emotion evokes intuition. It's like jumper cables 
on a battery. It jumpstarts you. On the other hand, I teach people how to do a reading on someone, giving them their name and age. And when I choose someone, a subject to do a reading on, I choose someone with loud emotions, loud emotions, because it's very easy to pay attention to somebody who's extremely emotional. You know, during a ball game or a hockey game or something with some kind of puck or ball, they're banging around. When, when the camera pans across the thousands of thousands of people in the stands, the one person who captures your attention is the lunatic shrieking, the one with the loudest emotions. That's the easiest individual to read because they have loud emotions and our intuition picks it up. In fact, they distract you from the game. So that's one of the ways in which you can be distractible, that you can't pay attention to what's in the outer world, is that you have emotional turmoil inside. And some people come around a midlife crisis, they think they have new onset attention deficit disorder and they want Ritalin or Silert or Adderall or something. When really, well, we're not going to get into the medical. Attention deficit disorder is a developmental problem. It means you're born with a unique brain. Born this way, to quote Lady Gaga, which is in a way the whole point of this show which is you can be born with a unique brain style that makes you porous, sensitive, and intuitive. A savant, if you will, where in other areas of your life, you're not so good at, you can't pay attention, but you're exquisitely, you can't pay attention to the rational world very well, but you're exquisitely capable of paying attention in the intuitive spacey realm. An intuitive savant, autistic savant, has an exaggerated capacity to pay attention to certain details like calendar, calculator, birthdays, imitating music or something. Their whole point is they meticulously focus on one aspect at the detriment of not being able to pay attention to other things. In fact, ironically, Asperger's or autistic people end up getting a diagnosis, which is ridiculous, of ADHD. It just means that they can't pay attention to a lot of stuff because they have a right brain developmental problem. Developmentally, it is possible to get an acquired disorder of attention. Either you're upset, you're depressed, you're anxious. So all of your attention is inside and you can't pay attention to what's going on outside. It's like you're getting a busy signal. The old phone calls you used to make, you call someone and it's like, the lines are busy and that's what your attention is someone's trying to say to you well you know we need to go to the restaurant tonight and we need to make reservations and you're like you're not listening you look like you're listening no you look like you're hearing what they're saying but you're not listening so you're like you know i'm thinking of getting the shrimp scampi and if i were you i'd get the are you listening to me and you're like yes you said shrimp scampi and reservations You'll say something, the last two things that they said to throw them off, you throw a shiny object over there to get them off your ass. They're like, I could have sworn you weren't paying attention. You're like, I heard everything you said because you've been living with this for years. You know how to get them 
off of your ass. It's like the recorder tapes the last two words. It's called, I don't know, I can't, I can't remember what's because I'm distracted right now. I'm trying to do this podcast. I know what it means in the brain. It's either retroactive interference or proactive interference. So that's number two, divided attention. Number three is when you meditate and you go into a meditated hypnotic mindfulness stance. When people meditate, they change the properties of the right brain. The right brain is important for space. Remember I talked to you about spaciness, space, the final frontier. It's a, it makes three-dimensional space. So you're here in Rhode Island and I'm over there in Massachusetts. So they're separated by, I don't know how many miles that is, okay? But when you meditate, space between you and me goes away. So it's as if you and I are one, or you're, you and I are sitting in the same seat or same place on the world. When intuition does that, you can sense what's going on with someone if they're sitting in Afghanistan and you're in Rhode Island. Suffice it to say, what's important is that can be a good thing or a bad thing. If that person you are one with is in pain and you've experienced that kind of pain, if you've experienced a similar kind of trauma through abuse or whatever, it's gonna remind you of what you experienced, maybe bombing or war, in a country or within your house growing up. But then when you hear, see, or sense the war in their life, you pick up their distress, stress hormones, cortisol, epinephrine, and it reminds you of your distress, memories in your brain and body, which release again, in, let's have that an instant replay, instant replay. So the memory of it is evoked. And your body again releases cortisol as if you're experiencing it again. So when you pick up someone else's suffering and you say, I feel for you. Oh my God, my heart goes out to you. You feel for two. Like a mother, a pregnant mother who eats for two, you literally feel for them. You carry your stress hormone, again, as if you're experiencing the distress of the past, and you're carrying theirs for them. And that's one of the reasons why people get burnt out. Yep. And so... People spend thousands, millions of dollars a year in meditation, which is great. It's great. To remove the distance between us and other people. We are the world. We are the, you know, the, we are one. However, there are such things as boundaries. We have them. They are supposed to be there. 
we are part of one man or woman kind or kitty kind or dog or puppy kind, maybe spider kind, I have no idea, plant kind. However, we also have to be individuals at the same time. And if you cannot live their life for them, because carrying the pain of the world, you'll predecease everybody and how will that work for them or you? It won't. So that kind of distractibility of intuition, of extreme empathy is not helpful. It makes you sick. So this is an example of how distraction and intuitive ability behind spaciness, porousness has ill health effects. Because of that cortisol, norepinephrine, it change, changes the wiring in your brain. We know this from people with PTSD, if they've had a history of trauma in the past. They end up having brain fog and later on in life having memory and attention problems. That's the intuitive porousness. And they are very, because they've developed intuition to survive growing up, they tend to use that well-earned skill as nurses, doctors, lawyers, politicians. Oh, I'm not so sure about politicians, but anyway, you get the point. And then some of those professions go to burnout. So I didn't say in the title how to survive and thrive in a rational world with a spacey, intuitive mind. When I said survive and thrive, you just thought, oh, it means get, be successful at work. No, I mean survive, like not get sick and get a lot of health problems like obesity, have addiction, um, heart disease, stroke, have immunocompromise that leads to cancers or genetic susceptibility. Are you causing these illnesses? Hell no. What it is, is having trouble balancing awareness of your lives and somebody else's. That kind of distractibility can increase your chance toward health problems. Then leads me to another area in your, your brain called the executive. So this is why we have executives. Whenever I do a reading on the phone, this is what I do. I'm retired now as a physician. I get the name and the age of someone and I describe someone, something in their life that aggravates their health. And then I get the name and the age of something and name and the age of somebody. And I describe their physical body, head, eyes, ears, neck, thyroid, heart, breast, lungs, every organ system looking for the presence of health or disease. And what I do is I understand that all illness is always in part due to diet, genetics, the environment, but every illness has an emotional intuitive component. And I describe the people in this person's mind and body who they're intuitively carrying who they're paying attention to. Because all of us have an intuition. And we can go from practitioner to practitioner and get the most amazing supplements, remedies, exercises, and so on to stay well and treatments. 
But after a while, there are a variety of barriers that make it harder to stay well and respond to treatments. And many of them is our intuitive porousness or sensitivity that at times can provoke a health problem that was previously well-treated or be a barrier to a treatment working. So to stay better longer and respond to treatments to be vital, alive, and productive. It's important that we do learn how our attention works, how our intuition works. And when I read people, I'm reading who they read. And I give them an array of solutions on how to change the emotional, intuitive, distractive patterns they have. And then I give them an array of solutions. They can go back to their practitioners to create health. So you see, by dealing with the concept, how to stay, survive, how to survive and thrive in a rational world with a spacey, intuitive mind, I'm teaching you how to use your intuition to stay well, to divide your rational and intuitive mind, how to pay attention to both of them. The frontal executive function, the area on top of our head, that is the sensor. We're kind of like when we're born, we're kind of like an intuitive on a stick. A temporal lobe is the area for emotion, attention, intuition, spirituality. And then the frontal lobe, the thing on top is like the imus. It blocks out what we hear, see, feel, sense so we don't say everything that we feel we don't spit out everything we get a sense intuitive sense about so we can keep the relationships we have keep the job or place in school keep the money keep the marriage and follow rules in society so we don't get arrested basically fit in succeed in a rational world. People with developmental problems who are intuitive savants or your basic ADHD space cadet don't really have very good frontal lobe skills or frontal executive function. It's not just paying attention, turning your head toward the front of the room, turning your head to what they're saying and turning your head away from distraction the so-called freedom from distractibility. You know, when someone throws you a shiny object, you don't look over there, you keep your eyes on the prize. You know, when your teacher keeps screaming at you in school, don't look at somebody else's desk, look at your own desk, pay attention to your own paper. She's training your frontal lobe. You didn't, she didn't tell you that. She didn't say, I am now training area 46. You're not aware of it. I'm also training area six and eight and your premotor frontal eye feels, which are important for attention. So you will not need as much Adderall going from here on in. She's not gonna say that. She's just gonna say, pay attention to your own paper, period, end of story. Keep your eyes on your own desk. Frontal eye feels. Turn your face and your eyes toward your own situation. You have trouble paying attention. You're gonna have trouble doing that. 
So every time there's a, sh a shiny object over there or some thing, oh my God, look at that man's a tie. Or, oh my God, look at that, that uh, hummingbird over there. A friend of mine calls me a hummingbird because every time I'm talking to her at, a, uh, at her breakfast table, we'll be talking about, you know, how about those Titans? What do you think of church? I go, oh my God, look at that hummingbird. But the thing is, it doesn't stop. There'll be 7,000 hummingbirds, one every minute. I never get accommodated to them. Every time I see a hummingbird, I'll go, oh my God, look at the hummingbird. It's like I'm three years old. It's ridiculous. I wish I could not be that way, but that's just the way I am. It just doesn't work. It doesn't ever change. My point is, and yes, I have one. That's the frontal lobe. That makes for very good intuitive because you miss nothing. <laughs> you see everything. You see things that everybody else has blocked out because their frontal lobe has come on board. And after a while, they don't see the hummingbirds that everybody else has blocked out. You kind of see those things that are in the air. You know how cats don't have very big frontal lobes either. They're walking in the room and all of a sudden they're looking in the air and you can't see what they're seeing. <laughs> or dogs, you know how they can hear things that nobody else can hear like a dog whistle? You're like, what do they hear? What is that cat looking at? And it's because you've developed areas in your brain that you block out that frequency. Well, if you don't have that area in your frontal lobe, you can't block it out. So you see and hear everything, which is very difficult to learn in captivity and work in captivity. They'll say, you know what? Xi'an is not going to do well in that main room with all those cubicles. She cannot pay attention to her own cubicles. She's always getting up and asking people, do they need gum? Would they like to go down and get sodas with them or pop or wherever you are in the country? Um, what about those Red Sox, whatever ball team? Always, you know, over and over and over again. I myself, when I was working in a research lab, for whatever reason, <laughs> my boss would always make me have my own room with my own shut door. <laughs> and say, you need your own lab. I'm like, oh, thank you. Like I thought it was a badge of success. What it meant was there's so much going on in here. You need your own desk and you don't need anybody else in there because you're driving them crazy. And I would have three experiments going on at one time and I did drive people crazy. I just got a lot done at one time and I, you know, I had a lot of balls in the air. But if somebody else was in the room, I would easily get flustered because I was distractible. Suffice it to say, not very good at freedom from distractibility, but, and, but my mind would see or hear or sense things clairvoyant, clear sensing, is this you? And then chances are when you go through perimenopause, peritestopause, if you're a man, PMS, PTS, pretestopausal syndrome. Yes, men's testosterone can go up and down. I'll give you an example, why in a second. Well, actually brain injury. If you have brain injury, you get more porous or sensitive. If you have multiple sclerosis, you get more porous or sensitive. The key is epilepsy, surgery from brain tumors and so on and so on trauma, which changes the white matter in your brain, chemotherapy, which changes the white matter in your brain. All of these things makes you more porous and sensitive. The key is, and makes you spacey. And you're like, oh my God, 
they go, they have it a different, they call it something different depending on what specialty you're in. So if you're dealing with oncology, they'll call it chemo brain. Can't stand that. Because you can have the same brain problem if you're working in rheumatology and they call it steroid psychosis, steroid brain. It's ridiculous. It's the same problem. It's called a delirium. You're not completely with the program. Or you're a couple of fries short of a happy meal. Or you're not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Or you're not the, the brightest bulb on the chandelier. The point of the matter is you're not completely with the program. You've lost some of your edge because your biochemistry has changed. And you're not as sharp in the rational world but you're more porous or sensitive to intuition and the divine. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. The key is how to capitalize with that newfound brain, but also function still in the rational brain. Well, I mentioned at the beginning of this show, and you can tell that there are no callers. The reason why the callers, there's no callers, the callers were yesterday, because the show was previously done yesterday, and it was called the, um, the Intuitive Ability Behind the Spacey Mind, and I neglected to tape that show because I spaced out. That's so funny. And it was so upsetting because as soon as I stopped the show and ended it, I realized I didn't tape it, which meant I had to do the whole thing again today. For the last 24 hours, I was just browbeating myself. You, you can't do that. You know what I mean? Would you, would you yell at your kid if your kid was born without a mom? You're like, what's the matter with you? Are you stupid? You wouldn't do that. You keep dropping things with your left arm. What's the matter with you? Just because they're born differently, you wouldn't change it. You just help them use what they have and be amazing. I think there was a man who was born without arms. He learned how to drive and do all this stuff with his feet. He was amazing. I think it was like a Picasso drawing this incredible stuff with his feet. So maybe you're an intuitive, porous, sensitive person. Maybe you have a trauma, pain. You really don't have a frontal lobe filter. You know, that's the other thing they say. He doesn't have a filter. She doesn't have a filter. Everything she feels comes right out of her mouth. And that's true. I can understand that. That's not really adaptive in a rational world. I used to speed a lot. I don't do as much. Maybe I'm rehabilitative. I don't really think so. I just drive less. I remember um, it's not like being nasty or sociopathic, like you don't follow rules. You're just impulsive. That's the other frontal lobe thing that does it. It holds you back and makes you think things through. Now, things come flying out your mouth, which is great if you're um, picking up people's problems. Other people will say, I'm not going to say anything. They'll think I'm being intrusive. Where if you've had chemo or you've had 
steroids, or you've gone through a divorce and it's fried your brain. Bankruptcy and it's fried your brain and you've had the death of a kid and so on. These tragedies fry your brain through neurotransmitter changes and cortisol and norepinephrine. And it makes it hard for you to focus. It detaches that sense of restraint. So most people will sit there and when they see somebody cry, they just look the other way, yeah? But you won't. Being similarly numb and resonating intuitively with their pain, you'll look at them and go, are you okay? Do you need a Kleenex? And you might find yourself saying, you know, I saw you cry. And I said, you know, I've been there. I feel for you. And then the person will say, no, no, that's okay. You can go back to reading your book. I'm fine. It's okay. And then you try to go back to reading your book. And you can't. You can't pay attention. You can't divide attention between oh, I don't know what you're reading, how to, what to expect when you're expecting, or, um, oh, I don't know, 17 secrets of a successful person who doesn't have a spacey mind or whatever. You can't. Because you still see that person in front of you trying not to cry, but really who's crying. So after a few more minutes of pretending to pay attention when you can't, you lean forward because you can't help yourself. You don't have the frontal lobe sensor control. And if you were a part with a partner, they might give you the old proverbial elbow in the ribs and go, stop it, leave them alone. Because we tend to marry the part of the brain we don't have. So if you're distracted, if you're porous, sensitive, and this kind of spacey intuitive, you tend to marry the frontal lobe, the common sense person, the person that's very detailed, logical, rational. They'll give you the elbow and go, stop it. Leave them alone. Quit being so intrusive. And maybe you'll start to cry and go, I can't help it. They look so upset. And you're like, and so your partner will go, why are you crying? You weren't even upset before. I don't know. <laughs> because... You are resonating with them. It's an old physics experiment. They have these balls hanging on these chains and this piece of apparatus in the front of the room in physics when you shouldn't be paying attention and you're not, but I don't know what you're doing. You're looking out the window with something. But anyway, they have this physics experiment where they have these balls hanging from the strings. And if you manipulate one ball all the way on the right, eventually all the balls move in the same rhythm. It's called resonance. It's like, intuition is catchy. And if somebody's upset, this kind of person will feel for them. And that's you who's had the similar experience. If you can, if we can find any meaning and function behind adversity and 
trauma. It can be that it alters our brain toward depression and empathy. There's a great movie, I think it's Inside Out by Disney. Wonderful movie. It's about these characters who have all these different emotions, fear, anger, sadness. And this character named Joy, who initially I liked, but eventually I wanted to knock her teeth out. And I know, please don't think that I'm an angry thing. Another astrologer once said, hmm, you must have a lot of Mars and fire in your chart. I went, hmm. <laughs> Joy was just happy all the time. And I don't really like sadness. Who does? I don't hear people in a class raising your hand going, yeah, I kind of like sadness. It's kind of fun. No, they don't. But anyway, Joy was great at the beginning of the movie, this character, but then eventually as the little girl who all these emotions live within grows older, Joy got to be an aggravating thing. And there was a character named Sadness who kept touching on memories. And whenever she touched on a memory, it kind of fell apart. So Joy told her to sit in this corner and not touch anything. Well, it was funny because Joy was getting a little pissy over there. I think she was getting hormonal in her middle age. But anyway, so eventually there's this character named Imagination. And Imagination, I think, tripped or fell or broke something. And he starts to cry, which is very unusual for this character because he's, he was, you know, a spaz, hilarious, actually. I think he had severe ADHD, quite frankly. But suffice it to say, so Joy doesn't know what to do because she's never had crisis and trauma in her life. She's like, oh my, oh my, what shall we do? But sadness gets out of her little corner and goes up to imagination, sits next to him and goes, they're there, I'm so sorry. I know how that feels. This must be so bad, I'm so sorry. And imagination stops crying and he goes, how did you do that? I feel better. And there's that moment I realized the function of sadness. And Joy said, how did you do that? Because she couldn't. She couldn't relate nor help someone in pain feel better because she hadn't experienced it. So your brain, maybe you have acquired intuitive savant syndrome. It is possible to get, not to be born a savant like an autistic savant or be born with ADHD or to quote Lady Gaga, born this way. Maybe you've acquired it through brain injury, MS, chemo brain, steroid brain, or tragedy, loss of a lot of loved ones, surviving war, desertion, and so on and so on, rape, incest. They did a study of adults who had strokes in the left brain, the rational brain, the left frontal brain, the area for a sensor. To quote Medea, puts the shut to the up, shut your mouth. So you don't say anything. You look to the other room when you see someone crying. You're like, don't get involved. Got to be cool like you learned to do in high school. These people have strokes in their left brain. 
And when they did, a greater number of them had new abilities they didn't have before in right brain spatial, visual spatial skills like art, music. They didn't say intuition because no one knows what intuition. They didn't study it because, you know, people don't study it. They think it's woo-woo, you know, but it's a right brain function. So the study authors said, released from the tyranny or censorship of the left brain, these patients' right brains, they became, they acquired savant or genius ability. Well, I submit to you, podcast audience extraordinaire, that you too can survive and thrive in a rational world if you've acquired a spacey, intuitive mind or were born that way. Lady Gaga's early life, I hear, was not a piece of cake. And she suffered from a variety of ailments, and she is a genius. Mozart, same thing. Mayan Evie, who came from Portugal with a sixth grade education, said she never knew a genius who didn't have a screw somewhere. A spacey mind, an intuitive mind, something different about you. The sensor is broken. So, an unusual, non-rational part of normal brain function slips by and flies out of your mouth that most people learn to stop so i'm pulled over for speeding i hate that sound whenever that sound happens my heart speeds up and the blood pools to my leg who doesn't because the right brain area for emotion, intense emotion, goes to the autonomic nervous system and it will open up or close blood vessels. And it's like your body goes numb and the blood pools to your feet. So I pull over. The guy, this time this guy, the woman, license and registration, ma'am. They're always polite, very polite. So I reach over. I'm, I collect animation art, which probably doesn't surprise you, art, if you have ours in your State of the Union. So I reach over, over to get my license or registration and a Tinkerbell authentic, authenticity certificate because I have Tinkerbell animation art. Flew out, I gave that to him and he looked at me, ma'am, ma'am, they're always very polite. So I give him my license and registration. I said, excuse me, sir, sir. <laughs> I'm trying to recruit whatever remnants of frontal lobe I have. And I said, so remember now, if you are spacey, intuitive mind, you're going to have trouble with that frontal executive area where you have trouble with organizing, planning, executing things, and you'll make mistakes like I did yesterday and not record the damn program, or you'll have trouble um, forgetting to put your name on the test paper or forgetting to sign the will or forgetting to sign the wedding license or something major, you know, like, um, oh, I don't know, forgetting your partner's birthday, something major or like, now, what is your name again? It's like you cannot remember, which is not memory, it's attention because you're distracted or upset or something. 
Remember paying, dividing attention between the inner and the outer world is so upset. You can't recruit. Now, what was the name of my husband or wife? <laughs> please, please, they'll divorce me if I don't remember it. You can't pay attention. So I hand the cop my license and registration. I said, excuse me, sir, can you please tell me why you pulled me over? And he says, yes, you rolled through that stop sign. I went, oh my God, thank God. I thought you caught me speeding. That's an example of a spacey mind. You don't tell a cop you were speeding. But it also makes for good intuitive mind because most people will not spit out. You know, you remind me of that phrase, the apple does not fall far from the tree. You know what I mean? When I think of your son, I think of the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And the person will say, oh my God, both my husband and my child have the same disorder. They have hemophilia. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, meaning the husband and the child, tree, husband, tree, apple, have the same problem. But you don't keep it to yourself. You don't shut up. It comes flying out of your mouth. Like, for example, and you don't know why until it comes out your mouth and you see the blood pooling in the other person's leg because their emotions are extreme. Their autonomic nervous system is going and all of a sudden they look like they're very upset, like a cop pulled them over. I was once in a restaurant. A good friend of mine runs a restaurant. And I'm getting ready to go up to the buffet. And for whatever reason, I'm hearing the song in my head, Come on, baby, come on, baby, light my fire. Don't ask me why. I have no idea. It wasn't playing on the radio before I got there. It wasn't playing on the radio in the thing. I don't have a thing for the doors, nothing. It just starts playing. Are you following me? Yes, I'm following you. So couldn't get off of it. Went on and on, and that's a form of intuition. You might, you can't get it out of your head. It goes around and around and around and around. You can't get out of your head because it's a symbol. It's like daydreaming. A symbol comes up in dreaming because it's getting your attention. So a few seconds later, my friend comes in. We'll call him Maurice. I said, hi, Maurice, how are you? He looks terrible. He says, can I sit with you? He looks so bad. I said, fine, you don't look very well. He said, I'm okay. And so he gets some of the buffet and he sits down. I said, I, got, I have a headache. And he says, why? And I said, because this song keeps going through my head. Come on, baby, light my fire. And I said, and, that, and then it gets to that terrible verse about a funeral pyre. My friend's face fell because his father had just died in a fire. <laughs> and he had told no one. The fire department had just left. I had no idea. That's those times when you just put your foot in it 
You know what I mean? I felt so awful. A lot of us that you're like saying, oh, that's just Mona Lisa. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. A lot of us have that stuff that goes through our heads, but we don't say it. We don't say it. We keep it to ourselves. I know I teach this stuff. And everybody, when I'm teaching something, they go, I was thinking that, but they don't say it. They keep it to themselves because their frontal lobe is squarely. They're, they're not as distractible. They're not plagued with ADHD. I once was teaching this class at Omega. So this woman walked in and she has a frontal lobe the size of the state of Iowa. Are you following me? If mine's double A, hers is double, triple D. I think we're talking, you understand. She is so organized, so monitored, so tamped down. Her hair was meticulously curled. Every curl was in line. Not one curl dare get out of line. So she sits in the front. She's got a notebook that's tabbed, a ruler, a tassel. This one was unbelievable. I said to myself, I'm going to have a really hard time. I'm going to drive her crazy. Two seconds. She may leave screaming from the room. She survives Friday night, Saturday night. We're doing these exercises. Come Sunday afternoon, she's fuming because she's having problems with the exercise. So the last day I put the name and the age of somebody on the board. And I said, if you have a problem with this exercise, come see me in the back of the room. So Miss Green Tassel with hair in line comes back and everybody is working on the exercise. Cause you know, Omega, those people, 100% cotton. There's a lot of vegans involved, organic, you know, the type. They come with their own yoga mats, if you know what I mean. So this one comes in the back of the room. She says, I can't do this exercise. So she's losing it a little bit, which is good, which means she, she forgot her frontal lobe back at the cabin. I said, why? I'm so sorry. And she said, because I'm whispering so as not to disturb the other people. But now her voice is loud, like someone who has ADHD, because she's not monitoring. She's not using her indoor voice. So now you understand what kids sound like before they get their frontal lobes. They talk loud. <laughs> they don't modulate their voice. I can't do this exercise. This is awful. It's embarrassing. I said, and I'm, I'm holding my voice down, which is odd. I said, why? She said, because I can't, because of what you said. I said, I didn't say anything. I'm keeping my voice down. She said, yes, you did. I said, no, I didn't. She said, yes. And she doesn't look argumentative either. And she's interrupting me like someone with ADHD does because she's talking over me, interrupting me. This is all ADHD, which is all great, which means I proceeded in getting her to throw down the frontal lobe to lose it. And that's what happens. That's what happens when you had a trauma, a tragedy, an injury, a life-threatening illness. You lose it. Cortisol and norepinephrine makes you lose the frontal lobe, filter, sensor, the area for attention. You say, I'm losing it. And you are. It's harder for you to pay attention. You feel spacey. But you gain intuition. And you gain access to the divine, which is a whole subject for another show. She said, I can't do this ever since you said it was your uncle. I said, uncle? I never said it was my uncle. Yes, you did. She's not using her indoor voice and she's yelling at me. 
which is something we use in our family. But when I go to Omega, I try to talk professionally and appropriately, not like I was raised. And so now, because I'm resonating with her, I'm now talking back to her the way we talk when I grew up. I said, I never said that. And she said, yes, you did. <laughs> so when we're going, Mako Polo, Mako Polo. And she said, you said it was your Uncle Joe. And I couldn't read because I couldn't get off the fact that you said it was your Uncle Joe. And so by this time, everybody in the room has gotten up and is listening to this cat fight in the back of the room because they can't help but focus on their papers on their desk because there's something going on in the back of the room, which is why I used to get F grades in the second grade. I was horrified when I saw my report card. It said, Mona Lisa is overly concerned with people's problems in the back of the room. So she finishes her own work quickly and sloppily to focus on the problems with the people in the back of the room. Well, there we are in Omega. I don't know, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years later. And there we are. We got a problem in the back of the room and people can't focus on their intuition work. So I asked the people, did I say it was my Uncle Joe? And they went, no, you didn't say it, is it? I went, it is. <laughs> it's my Uncle Joe. And the woman looked at me and went, you didn't say it? I went, no, Siri Bob. I said, but you heard it. You're clear audience underneath those little hermetically sealed curls. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes, indeedy, Bob. You read my mind. I said, frightening as that may be. You couldn't pay attention to this reading because you were distracted by the thoughts, the loud thoughts in my mind. I said, so think about it to the rest of the people in the class. Let's and I, for you people in podcast lands, land, 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 it's echoing. Next time you have trouble and your work, in a movie, and you can't focus on the movie, the work, the crossword puzzle, even the conversation, and you start to hear that, that commercial Kit Kat bar <laughs> or something, you know what I mean? Or you're thinking, I, I could use a good Hershey's chocolate bar right now, or how about a pork chop? Or I could really use a uh, gluten burger or something like that. A vegan burger, gluten burger, gluten-free vegan burger. I could really use a good Snickers bar right now. You have no idea whether it's your Snickers bar that you really want, or you're hearing the thoughts of the person next to you, that you're distracted because you're hearing their thoughts that are very loud, very, very loud. because of your distractedness, your porousness. I want you to think of that. You can take, if you were born with this unique brain or you have chemo brain, steroid brain, you can buff it up to survive and thrive in a rational world. First of all, talk to your doctor. They might be able to give you things, adjust the steroids, help you with your brain. Talk to a therapist or counselor about depression, anxiety, what's bothering you and make it easier. 
work with cognitive behavioral therapy and dialectic behavioral therapy to help you balance what emotional turmoil is, going, turmoil is going on with you as well as help to reframe and place in safe categories the trauma you've had in the past. Work with serotonin in whatever safe form for you, 5-HTP, um, passion flower or lemon balm, because attention circuits work with serotonin. Consider acetyl, A-C-E-T-Y-L, L-carnitine, which is very good for attention and focus. Treat leaky brains, either with mood stabilizers or DHA. D is in dog, H is in horse, A is in apple. Is very good for leaky, porous, or injured pathways through trauma or through um, just being born with a... Uh, what they call hyperactive brain. If your distractive mind is getting worse because of hormonal shifts, consider working with an acupuncturist and Chinese her herbalist for stuck liver chi, st stuck liver chi, like liver and onions, to smooth the liver, which is really adrenal gland hormone kind of way of looking at things. But understand that balancing sleep, learning how to build left brain skills for details, logic, organization, and planning is very effective. Import an outside frontal lobe. Use journals. Use um, for these shows, these radio podcasts, I have forms of which I prepare the show ahead of time, days ahead of time. Preparation, organization and planning is a way of what I call compensating. Um, you're never gonna be different. It's like curling your hair or, or carrying a, um, a curling iron in your car. I heard that there's a, a portable curling iron, if you can believe that. If anybody knows about that, please email that to MonaLisaMD at me.com because I was born with very straight hair, but I like to curl it and then five seconds later it does it. Your, your brain is never going to be different from the way it is, but you can change it for a minute. You can curl it and it'll go back. So you can pour it attention prosthesis, a frontal lobe prosthesis. I use these forms. I also prepare and master. You can import left brain logic rationale by studying, 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 and mastering rational subjects. I study medicine. I got a PhD. Some people hate that or have a spacey mind. They're like, I don't like that. I don't like that. I like the creative arts. Creativity without structure, Jupiter without Saturn discipline is focaccia. In the holiday, trees, ornaments without trees fall to the ground and smash. We need structure within which to handle creativity. Exercise, rhythmic exercise, regular exercise, regular structured sleep and eating is very helpful for a spacey mind. But more than anything, learn how to use the brain you have 
and balance it with a rational world. Don't run away from a rational world and say, oh, you know, I'm a spacey, I'm a space cadet and I love it. No, as long as you're in a rational world, you have got to function. Otherwise, you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be in pain. You're going to be me yesterday because I didn't record. I want to thank you for welcoming me into your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa, on mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. You have a great day. Be well, do right, live brilliantly. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. <laughs>